0: like I'm a part of something bigger. My favourite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local.
1: An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. Special editions of the Conquer Local podcast coming your way and we're talking all about inside sales. And years ago, about four years ago or five years ago, I didn't even know what the heck that was all about. And uh, the iteration that we're talking about is not even telephone sales because telephone sales, you're you're thinking about telemarketers and you're thinking about maybe uh, in the newspaper business, a classified sales room or something like that. Inside sales is what SaaS software companies are using. And the reason why it's so powerful is the amount of data that they're able to gather and then using those data points to refine the process. And we are on the verge of bringing in, in season three, some amazing experts to speak to it. But today, we're going to speak to a gentleman that I work with on a regular basis, Mr. Glenn Bowie, who is our uh, manager of what we call the Sales Development Group. And the Sales Development Team, I nicknamed it a number of years ago, the tip of the spear. Because marketing starts to talk to a group of potential prospects. And then the Sales Development Group does everything in their power to speak to those people and to qualify them and to uh, do some appointment booking. So, Glenn, welcome to the Conquer Local Podcast, all about inside sales. Hey, good afternoon, welcome, George. So, I um I want to ask some questions. First off, I think it's important to know, you know, where where'd you come from, Glenn? What's your sales background uh, over your career? Um, my sales background is is actually in uh, in
0: finance and in mortgages. Is, is where I came from. I had my own mortgage brokerage before uh, joining Vendasta.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, what I found inside that team whose job is to book appointments and to qualify uh, prospects, you have a very wide-ranging spectrum when it comes to backgrounds inside that group. Is there any particular skill set that you look for in hiring what we call an SDR or a sales development rep or an appointment center?
0: Definitely. Yeah. We found that actually uh, um, salespeople that come from the, uh, the auto industry um, salespeople that come from other sales industries where they, where they deal directly with small and medium sized businesses seem to, uh, to be the best. Their, uh, their training um, when they come to us is, you know, it, it seems like they get a really great training skill set um, in in the auto industry, and it, it really helps drive that uh, that sales ability when they when they come to
1: Vendasta. I, w- I would agree with that. Over my career in, in the media business, the best reps were always reps that had an auto background because of the level of training that they had. Let's talk about this whole world of SDR. So if you look at SaaS software companies, and it's said that there will be a couple of million um independent software vendors around the planet in the next year. So that's people writing code, building some sort of piece of software, and then a sales team is deployed against it to, to get the sales and to sell it. And it's, it's happening everywhere where you find these rooms full of, uh, you know, salespeople and monster energy drinks, and uh, maybe some music playing in the background and gongs on the wall or big bells on the wall and um, banners and, you know, it just, it's unbelievable. If you ever watched the movie boiler room, it's kind of like that. It's kind of Wolf of wall street ish. And you know, you're running a team like that on a, on a daily basis, you know, is it, is it fun, Glenn? Is it something that you enjoy doing?
0: Yeah, it's an amazing experience. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, high energy, the, the music playing the open atmosphere and, and everyone collaborating in a, in a, in a large area is amazing. I, you know, it, it's probably been the best experience I've had within a sales company. Is coming to uh, to an organization where it is so up upbeat and uh, and the culture around is uh, is amazing. I was actually on on holidays and um, you know I I was totally looking forward to uh, to coming back when I stepped off that elevator. It, it's like yeah, game on! It's uh, it's,
1: it's it's an amazing uh, place to be. I believe one of the reasons why you enjoy it so much is the culture that's been created. Can we talk about, you know, some of the things that you've done to foster this culture that's exciting and, and uh, you know, it's, it's focused around winning and, you know, those types of things.
0: I have a, I have a philosophy and I have up on a board in, uh, in uh, above my desk is um, show up and try stuff, be yourself, have fun, and don't be scared to make a mistake and um, that—that's really what I live by—is—is is, you know just everyone collaborating, having that great time, and and uh, and working together to uh, to achieve the the goal that's set out for us.
1: So you know we we've got that culture that's built around winning, and you've got the bell on the wall. But I I want to tell people when we talk about this inside sales thing, there you guys are actually quite superstitious because. You're not allowed to ring the bell if you don't actually have a win, because it's it's like bad news if you do that. Is is that a true thing? I heard that the other day.
0: For sure, bad juju. We say <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> even uh, yeah, we have a lot of uh, a lot of people from uh, from outside the organization visit us at uh, at headquarters, and uh, yeah, that's what we always say. You jinx yourself if uh, if you ring the bell when it uh, when it isn't a true win.
1: So I just want to break this down again. Glenn's got a team of 12 people and uh, you've got team leads that work with you to to manage those people, coach and motivate them. And all day long, they get on the phone and they call prospects that have raised their hand. So you do some uh, cold outreach, but this is actually, we have inbound leads that are coming in. What I mean by raise the hand is they downloaded a white paper. They uh, filled out a form fill. They asked for an instant demo with the amazing crankwheel software um, that's on on the website, and those leads are what you're contacting. And how many calls do you expect from your SDRs every day? So each rep every day, how many calls they need to make?
0: I uh, I expect them to make seventy five calls a day, and uh, and have fifty uh, actions within the uh, the platform. So emails, texts, and uh, and connects, and so forth.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't care what platform it is that you're using in an inside sales motion, but you do need to have some sort of platform to record so that you can track who's making the calls and who's not making the calls. Now, the, the actions that you're talking about are like, is there a is there a quota on the number of emails that you want set? Is there a quota on the number of LinkedIn reach outs that you want? Is it just phones or are there other things happening there?
0: Um, definitely, we, uh, we have to be more strategic than than just picking up the phone. Um, you know, strategy wise using that LinkedIn connect, which is, is very valuable. Um, other methods, uh, texting is, uh, is a, a method that we use as well. Um, so really, yeah, being, you know, completely strategic and, in, in uh, you know, following, um, I have my team working on a 21 day, 12 touch point cadence that, uh, that we follow, which integrates all of those, uh, those different tactics into, uh, into the, uh, the, the cadence and into their day.
1: Well, break, break that down for me then. I, I love what you're saying there. You got the 21 day, 12 touch cadence. What, what are you saying there that we have to at least touch a prospect 12 times in a 21 day period? Is that, am I reading that right? Yeah, definitely
0: correct. So it, it starts out um, on day one where they're they're reaching out with a, a phone call and a um, a LinkedIn connect and an email, and then it's it goes to uh, you know follows the cadence um, going to day three, which is a, a call, day five, which is a call and an email. So it's following a strategic uh, cadence that. Um, is is put in place and um, helps to uh, to uh, get that final connect with the prospect.
1: You know my um, any of our largest uh, partners that I've been working with over the years will know, and I've been you know I beat on them on an ongoing basis. You need to have an inside sales motion if you're going to be selling in 2019. There are a whole bunch of customers out there that just aren't fundable to put somebody in a car and drive across town and go see them. There's also nothing more demotivating for a for a street level salesperson to show up and have the client not there. You're, you're a way, you got way more efficiencies if you're using some sort of an inside sales motion. So it is something that we are, you know, spending quite a bit of time on in season three is coming up with ways that we can make the sales process more efficient. So any tips that you would have Glenn, um, over your tenure, um, you, you know, you started in our organization as an SDR and then grew to become the manager of the group. Are there any touch points when you bring on a new rep where you're, you're going to give them some advice, you know, the old. Um, you know, you get a little gray in your hair and you say, don't do what, you know, what I don't make the mistakes that I did learn from my mistakes. What are those, what are those things that you say when you bring in a new rep?
0: Yeah, definitely is, is, um, you know, my big thing is, uh, for my, my team is, is have a plan each day, right. Is, is be strategic, have a plan for the day and, uh, and have a purpose for, for what you're doing and what, and you know, the call you're making and the cadence that you're following, um, organization is is key um, to the the sales process, and and agencies and media companies and, and the life that we reach out to are are receiving calls each day. So we really need to hone in and be strategic on on how we're reaching out, um, what we're uh, we're using for things like content, and and how we're driving um, that connect. So. Um, when new people come into the organization, it, it really is, you know, making sure that they're organized and and given those pointers.
1: What, um, what's a common mistake that you see that, that impedes a reps, you know, it, it impedes a rep from hitting that quota that you've set every day. What, what are things that you just, uh, you shake your head and go, Oh, here we go. I can just see this coming a mile away. Uh, what,
0: uh, what I shake my head on is, is, um, when we're making calls, we're turning it into, well, we're not, but what I don't want to see is turning it into an interrogation. And, uh, you know, you have your, your scripted list of questions and, and, uh, and you're not genuine. Um, What, uh, what we need to be doing is, is, you know, getting on the phones, building rapport when we connect, building that trust, you know, really actively listening and, uh, and being curious and genuine, Um, digging in a little bit more to uncover their pain points and, and you know, create that vision for what uh, what we can achieve with uh, with the prospect, and how we can help resonate um, within their business. And uh, that's what I shake my head at when it's you know just that straight interrogation and and uh, and not strategic in uh, in building trust and and rapport.
1: How do you how do you handle the inevitable? And the inevitable in inside sales is you're going to get somebody who's having a bad day. And they're gonna say a bad word uh, that I've never personally ever said, uh, at least not on the Conquer Local podcast. But I'm talking about the F word. Um, your reps get told where to go on an ongoing basis. How do you deal with yeah. that? Because that, listen, that's demotivating. I, I don't like when people tell me that. So what? What's the tactic? The tactic is
0: we're uh, we're
1: salespeople, so it's it it is gonna gonna happen,
0: and uh, it uh, just. Move ahead, move on to the next, uh, move on to the next call, and and uh, and get ready for the next call. If it means you know taking a bit of a walk or or you know going for uh, for a, a drink of water and just clearing your head, um, I think that's the uh, the best thing. But it's just um, you know personality wise, having the ability to overcome that and uh, and push it aside and and just keep grinding, I think is is key
1: is it is it just one personality that you look for in your like if you looked across your team would you be like oh it's just cookie cutter this is the type of person that's really good at this job
0: yeah no definitely not um i have i have a vast array that that's that's what i love about my job is everyone is uh, has a different personality everyone is is different no two people are alike and um and that's that's a neat thing is is understanding what uh, what makes them tick and uh, you know turning those levers on uh, on the, each of them to uh, to help them hone their own personal sales skill. Um, you know everyone has kind of their own sales tactics, but you know in the end we follow the, the cadence and 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 process. But uh, it's, it, it is really neat to to work with such a vast array of. Of uh, professional salespeople that, as we mentioned, come from the the auto industry and from from radio and and uh, and so forth.
1: So I don't want you to name names because we're we're not uh, here to call anybody out. But you just recently inside your organization, I think it was last month, had a gentleman that joined the company and within a period of forty five days broke every record that had ever been set in the last five years of us doing this. What what was the keys? to finding that person and then having them perform at that level that you've never saw before. Like, I I'd really like to dig into that a little bit. Yeah. Was it, what <clears throat> is it? The onboarding process that you have is way better. Is it the skill set of the individual? What was it? What made that happen? Yeah. What, what is, what
0: is so neat about it is, you know, he came from the, uh, from the, the radio space and um, you know, working with the SMBs all day um, in his, in his career, really gave him the the upper advantage when he's talking to our prospects it gives him that advantage of being able to empathize with what they uh, they deal with on a, a day-to-day basis cuz he's he's been on the street going door to door talking to those small medium sized businesses so he he really understands it and i think that gives him the uh, the upper hand on it and he's a grinder he was He was here just as early as I am every morning at just after six o'clock preparing his day and and uh, watching videos, um, getting his his pipeline ready for the day. And, and, uh, you know, hard work uh, really paid off for him. You're right. He crushed out uh, a few records in his first 30 days.
1: So the interesting thing, and I I know this from doing a little bit of due diligence on this, um, there is a period of time in the morning before this individual starts the game before they tie the skates up and they get on the ice and they, there is a warm up period. And there's, there's a psychological moment there where they get their head in the game before they go out and they start shooting the puck. And, and I think that that is a piece that gets lost because we get busy and we get caught in the whirlwind of our day to day. And we forget that this really is, it's so much a mental game, isn't it Glenn? Definitely
0: is. It, uh, it's a grind, as you mentioned, you know, uh, people telling us they get lost you know yeah being prepared and uh, and with this individual as well he you know one thing that as you mentioned that warm-up period um you know definitely he was, was a young fellow that hits the gym every morning as well so I'm, I'm sure that plays a role in you know clearing his mind and getting him ready for the day
1: how important is it to gamify SDR?
0: truly yeah I think if if we're not having fun with it um you know it's uh, it becomes that grind that no one wants and, and uh, yeah I want my team just, just like myself to, to get off that elevator in the morning and, and uh, be excited to move uh, the company ahead in their, their own career ahead
1: Thanks Glenn, really appreciate your time today thanks for joining us on the podcast
0: Alright, thank you George
1: We've been talking to Glenn Bowie, who leads the organization that we call the Tip of the Spear. And now I want to go to a young gentleman that is one of the team leads and one of our top performers, Mr. Michael Patola, joining us today. Hello.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: Michael, I remember when you walked into our building in that first interview and you told me that you were working at Nissan selling cars and is what it is. He said, I don't want to do this anymore. I've heard about this place And tell me about what the role is. And so we what did I do? I think I passed you a binder and said, read the script and let's see what you got. You remember that day?
2: I do. Yeah, it was 2014, May 15th. And uh it was trial by fire, but I did have all the resources beside me with other colleagues that were starting. And it was time for change. This opportunity came up. The car business was great. I mean, it was my opportunity to, to make some money and you know, go from an amateur salesperson, which is where I was at to, you know, hone in and learn how to build some rapport and sell some cars.
1: So, you know, you end up in the software business and doing inside sales. And, you know, this is, this is more about the art of inside sales than it is anything, you know, specific that you do on a daily basis. So I want to dig into some of the tactics and strategies and and learnings and failures and, you know, and wins that you've experienced in, in your career. Um, you talk to lots of people on a day-to-day basis you're making how many phone calls
2: I would be striving to make 75 but when you're connecting with people and you're driving inbound leads it's nice because you have people raising your hands so uh, when you connect and you're having long conversations you you aren't making that many calls you're you're able to make 30 calls right you're booking a lot of meetings.
1: You know, it's interesting. I, I'm glad you brought that up because it didn't come up during Glenn's portion of the interview. The, the quota is 75. So you walk in, you're making 75 calls, but connects actually override the quota. So there is a connect quota though, as well on a day-to-day basis, isn't there?
2: Correct. And some days you have to, you know, make more calls in order to get people on the phone. Uh, that's, you know, uh, obvious. And, uh, You know, it's all sorts of conversations that you have. And I was able to, you know, take a lot of experience from dealing with people uh, within the dealership to now, uh, you know, dealing with individuals that um, were looking to resell products and services.
1: Well, I have a lot of friends in the automotive industry. And the one piece is uh, you you really get to understand rejection and you get to understand when people are are ghosting you. And I'm going to use that as a very polite way of saying, you know, lying to you. Did that help you when you moved into the uh, sales development role where you're, where you're making lots of calls and trying to book appointments? For sure. And,
2: and, you know, uh, I just don't really care. Right. I mean, if I get rejected, it doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) I'm fine with it. I don't take it personal and you have to have thick skin. Right. So, uh, you know, sales development folks here, uh, agency growth specialists, people that are talking to, uh, agencies. And uh, you learn rather quickly to not take anything personal from the get-go, able to handle rejection uh, quite easily.
1: So when it comes to the day-to-day activities, what's the thing that you'd like the least, Michael, that you're asked to do as part of this sales motion?
2: I'm not a numbers guy, right? And so I've been fortunate to have great managers around me that they live in the numbers. But when I've been tasked with, okay, uh, go look and find how many calls uh, were made uh, by that rep in the month of May, that's something I don't enjoy doing. And it takes me off the phone, which, you know, is been a difficult uh, part for for an organization to figure out when you're a team lead where you carry a quota you need to be talking to people, but you also have some of those tasks. So yeah, some of the mid-level tasks, um, you know, my forte is being a mentor and, you know, having conversations with, uh, with prospects.
1: It, it's interesting you brought that up because I, I, I believe, and I, and I want you to, you know, to challenge me if you don't agree with me, I believe that to be a very effective SDR, you have to be very disciplined and focused on that single goal of getting the connect. And you can't let anything else get in the way. And the distractions are the pieces that keep you from meeting that target. Do you agree?
2: Absolutely. And you'll go through phases um, where you will lose concentration. And if you have Facebook and Instagram opened up, you're in trouble. <laughs> like, you, you know, and, and it is a battle of attrition um, to stay focused and continually stare at your screen and make a high volume of emails, send out messages and make calls. The beauty of it is the people that can do it and stay focused, um, the opportunity is there to, you know, hit your goals, hit your targets and, you know, get yourself a nice paycheck. So it's a great reward system, but yes, there, there is that difficulty each day where your mind may wander in the course of eight hours, you know, strapped into a headset, that, uh, you can go
1: awry. Let's go back in time. Six years ago, you and I are sitting in our younger selves and we're looking across the table and I say to you, Hey Michael, five, six years from now, you'll be working, you know, eight to 10 hours a day with a headset on talking to people and making the money that you're making today. Would you, would you have believed it?
2: (sighs) Yes, I would have. Um, the opportunity, you know, is, is, Pretty awesome with a, with an emerging tech company, and if you'd asked me, Michael, you're going to be attached to a headset and you're going to make calls for eight hours a day for uh, four and a half to to seven years. Are you going to be happy? The answer is is yes. You know the burnout you have to deal with, but you can combat that with you know getting some rest and having some healthy habits outside of work. That it actually is quite nice to be able to talk to prospects and partners. Uh, you know, full-time for, for four and a half consecutive years.
1: Well, you know, I, I applaud you on that. And you and I have had this conversation a number of times, sometimes over bourbon. And, uh, you know, I've tried to convince you a number of times to move into another role. You you are actually bucking the trend, because when I talk to my other friends that are CROs of tech companies, they'll tell me there's about a 16 to 18-month window on burnout when it comes to SDRs, because of the volume of calls, because of that single track that they're on, and because of the rejection that happens on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, I, I thank you for exposing that it's, you know, you enjoy it. You enjoy also being a mentor. So the fact is you're not doing the same thing that you've done for the full four years. You are working with new reps and you're helping them to become successful. You've moved into more of that coaching role, but you, you were a playing coach as well because you're still cranking out the numbers. You're still one of the top performers.
2: Yeah. And that's the way I want it to be. Uh, You know, I I still want to get on the phone and talk to potential partners. And it is tough to strike that balance to where inevitably you're going to have to see, you got to get away from being able to hit your targets and you have to step away and go work with some of the new hires. And it's hard. And quite frankly, I haven't done it effectively in the past. I, I didn't do it. We're still working it out. Um, and you know what? It, it kind of helps that when you hire the right people, they don't need constant handholding. But having said that, uh, we still need to get better at, you know, wearing both hats uh, to where, you know, you can share four and a half years of sales development knowledge uh, with some of the, uh, the new hires.
1: So Michael, working in the role of sales development representative, he's doing that, he's hitting the targets, but he also is acting as a team lead and mentor for a number of the young reps. And you know, in, in our organization, as in a lot of organizations, SDR is the entry level that's where people come in and they start to learn the product and they start to learn talking to customers. And, and inevitably those people move into other roles. They might become a business development rep. They might move to customer success. They might move into, you know, an enterprise type role. Um, So, you know, Michael, I really appreciate you giving us those learnings from, you know, being on the front lines for those years, and then also moving into that mentor team lead role. We really appreciate having you on the podcast and learning from you. Thank you. No, it's been a pleasure. Well, when producer Colleen and myself are uh, thinking big picture, when we're looking for our guests, we sat down during one of our planning sessions rather. And we said, you know, we should really get the people in our building that are doing sales on a day to day basis. And get him in a room and just ask him a ton of questions. We had no idea how it was gonna turn out. In fact, there was a point where I was like, wow, this could be a big waste of time. But that was before we turned the microphone on. And we, you know, I've been always inspired by the passionate people that we were able to hire and bring into our organization. It it never ceases to amaze me. And these gentlemen, Glenn Bowie and Mr. Michael Patola, live this thing every day. And some of the key takeaways from Glenn, I love his comments that you've, he's got that board. And he talked about it. I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, show up and try stuff, be yourself, have fun. Don't be scared to make a mistake. And winners do things and losers don't want to do. And little things like that are part of how you build a winning culture. It's part of how you build an organization where people feel safe and they feel like they're contributing. And, you know, Mike Patola talked about how you come out of that grind because sometimes it is a grind. You've got to hit your numbers. That's part of sales. You've got a quota, you have to deliver on that. You know, I've mentioned over the last few episodes that I just got back from a vacation, a vacation that my fabulous wife booked. And that's never happened in the five years we've been together. She's never came to me and said, I've booked plane tickets. We're getting out of Dodge. And I was like, whoa, what the hell have I done? Have some of my sins come back to haunt me? But it was because she recognized that I was burnt out. And uh, I, I have been warned a number of times by people close to me that you can't keep running at that pace. Sales is a mental game. And sometimes you have to take a step back, have some gratitude, have some self-assessment, and figure out ways to improve your game or to really take a hard look at where you are. And you know, I'm coming back off that couple of weeks vacation. I'm feeling fantastic, and I'm taking from all of these comments things like what Glenn and Michael were talking about when it comes to salesperson burnout and some of the things that they're doing inside their teams to help those people stay motivated, help them feel like they're contributing, and all of that is part of what we're trying to do in Season 3 is to get some real-world insights to help us all be better at conquering local and of being a part of sales organizations that we're truly proud of. We are just kicking off the weeks that are season three, and we think we're gonna, you're going to love some of the guests that we have on the horizon in coming weeks. But I, it wouldn't be a podcast without me begging you to join us in the Conquer Local community because we'd love to hear from you on a day-to-day basis. You can click the link inside the podcast to subscribe today to our community on Slack. And we listen and read and respond to every message that we get on LinkedIn Find us on linkedin.com forward slash George Leith. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you.
0: You've been listening to the Conquer Local
1: Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, sound lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.